Welcome to Pick LJ Podcast, your official Gilmer Chamber podcast. Join us as we dive into local businesses and events that make Gilmer County special. Now let's find out what's happening in LJ today. Welcome into the Pick LJ Podcast. I'm Ace Jones here Great. with Ron Cheslock and Bobby McNeil, owner and operator of Chateau My Tree. Bobby, welcome in. Thank you so much, Asa. Yeah, so I've just got to say real quick that I've been to your place twice now, and it is one of the most picturesque places I've been to around Gilmer. I mean, it's like you've got your own kind of little French countryside going on there with the rolling hills and the vines, and it's just very beautiful. Thank you very much. That was uh, kind of the vision of the family when we first bought this land back in 2009, and we got our vines planted in 2013. The vision really started years before that. My wife's grandfather, Stefan Maitri, and that's how the vineyard is pronounced, Maitri. It's like I have a tree in my front yard, and that's my tree. It's a family name. It's her mother's maiden name, her grandfather's name, and he was a winemaker up in New York his entire life until he passed away in 1989, and she always had a vision and a dream to uh, to start a winery and have a vineyard one day of her own, and we bought the land in 2009 and got our vines planted in 2013 and opened our doors October 19th of 2014. When we first opened, we had seating for 12 people. Wow. And since that time, we've grown just a little bit. We now have seating for just over 400. Yeah, I was going to say, you've definitely grown then because there was seating for a lot more than just 12. You guys have ample room there. And last year, the opening night of the LJ Songwriters Festival was at Chateau Maitre, which we are very excited to have come back again this year. Tell me about getting ready for that event and also since then, how things have gone with your summer concert series. Yeah, and that's kind of become one of our staple events that we do. It started a few years ago when COVID first started rearing its ugly head here in America. And we had 26 weddings on the books that year. And during the first beginning quarter of the year, we had calls from numerous brides asking, what if, what if? And at that point in time, my daughter, who runs all of the events for us, she's our director. She made a phone call to every bride on the list and offered them their money back in full or to pick a date. And that's their date forever. And it cannot change. (laughs) And they cannot cancel after that point. Well, we had 23 of the 26 brides cancel. Oh, man. And uh, for us, it, it's, we were happy about that just because of, we saw how COVID turned out. And it would have been an absolute nightmare trying right. to work around 26 weddings in a year with everything that was going on with the number of folks who were uh, taking ill and so forth. We found ourselves wanting to find something to do in the evening. So we hosted Ted Vigil out of Washington State, who's a John Denver tribute. Mm-hmm. And we had 200 tickets and it sold out in about three weeks. And we decided that that was a lot of fun for us and our guests. So we started our summer concert series. And since that time, we've hosted 13 other shows. Everybody from A1A, a a Jimmy Buffett band, to the 1981 concert, a Simon and Garfunkel band, an Elton John tribute, a Journey tribute. This year, we have an awesome, awesome lineup starting in April, kicking off on April the 19th with the Purple Experience out of Las Vegas, Prince tribute. And then we roll into May 17th with an Atlanta-based band, Slippery When Wet, which is a Bon Jovi tribute. On June the 15th, we host out of Las Vegas, Elise Fur, who is a Celine Dion tribute. July 5th from Las Vegas, Vegas McGraw. The number one tribute in the country is voted on by Jimmy Fallon and his audience. They'll be here July 5th, August 23rd. We host Satisfaction, the Rolling Stones. And then on September the 8th, we host out of Vancouver, Canada. We're flying in the Barracuda Heart Tribute Band. 
Oh, man. So you guys are booked up. Yes. And uh, season tickets went on sale about about three weeks ago. and We're about 50 percent sold out last year. Eighty percent of the tickets went out in season tickets by March 1st. And those are on sale now. You can purchase them at ChateauMaitre.com events and individual show tickets will go on sale March 1st for what seats are left at that time. Awesome. Well, I want to talk about your wine selection for a little bit. So what kind of varieties of grapes do you have? That What kind of varieties of wines are you able to make right now? North Georgia is a little finicky for the type of fruit that you can grow here, the type of grapes. And there's a couple of indigenous species that do very, very well in North Georgia. Our primary indigenous grape is the Norton first planted in Virginia by Thomas Jefferson and has kind of become America's grape. It grows a lot like the French vinifera, produces a tremendous amount of fruit per acre. We will get anywhere from five to seven tons an acre of fruit off that acre of uh, Norton we have. And then we also have a variety of French-American hybrids, Sable Blanc, Noiré to mention a couple of them. And then we've got a Spanish vinifera on site as well, the Albarino. Now, do you have anything like cider or sparkling wine or anything like that? We do not make any ciders or not any sparkling wine at this point. It is our goal by 2026 to have sparkling wine on the tasting sheet and available. Well, we're always releasing new wines. And uh, I say that we do that about three to four times a year. Once a quarter, we will have new wines that we have made and we have aged them in our private cellar. About every quarter, we'll release one or two more new wines. The most exciting wine coming out in 2024 is our flagship Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, It's named the Stefan after my wife's grandfather. It is 100% Cabernet Sauvignon wine and I would say by far is our most popular wine. We have not had it since 2018. It was the last vintage that we produced and the the fruit and the wine has to be at a really, really superior quality for my son to put that label on it and call it the Stefan. And uh, every, the stars have got to align, let's just say it that way. And then when they do, he says, this one qualifies as the, as the Stefan. Our Cabernet is delicious, but if it's going to be the Stefan, it's got to be the bomb. And that will be released sometime in April. Now, there's something that you mentioned earlier, and I've talked with a few other winemakers throughout this podcast. It really does take couple years for those vines to produce fruit. That just seems like such a long waiting game. It does. Yeah. So when you plant your vines, it's it's about a three year period before you can actually get a harvest off of that fruit that's, uh, that's worthy of spending the time and what's necessary to produce a wine from that. When we first uh, opened our doors in 14, we had purchased fruit and started making wine at a sister winery over in Dahlonega for a few years from 2011 to 2014 when we got our winery up and running and approved by the authorities. And uh, we've been making it and producing everything here since then. Now, your son is actually your winemaker. So you'll have to speak for him a little bit when I ask this because I know he's not here. But how long did it take him to learn the art of winemaking? Well, to make the short story long, uh, originally I was going to be the winemaker. I went through five vintages of making wine and a painful dinner in 2012. The family told me that I was going to be fired as the winemaker and we needed to bring a winemaker in. And my son had no idea we were going to ask him to do it. But at the time I had another, I had a full-time job and I had needed that to get the business off the ground and could not leave it and afford to take the time off for training. So he was fortunate enough to have two incredible, incredible mentors be his trainer. And the first one was out of South Africa. Her name is Maria Peterson, formerly a winemaker at Rutherford in Napa Valley, currently working for Scott Labs as the director of yeast development. And she spent just over a year with him. And then when she went back to Napa, she handed him off to Joe Smith, 
who is one of the most notable winemakers in the Southeast, if not the East Coast, who's been making wine for over 30 years and just a phenomenal person. And uh, he spent two years with Joe and that was his education. And yeah, I knew the first week after he came home, spending a week with Maria, why the family did not want me to be the winemaker. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, even though they kicked you out of the position, it sounds like you're having a blast managing the operation, working with your family and just running a fun business. It's a family affair. (laughs) What greater pleasure than you have to work with your family every day? I mean, my wife and I run the business with my son and daughter, who are the owners as well. My son's the winemaker. My daughter's the director of operations. And to be able to get it and work with them every day and keep them that close in your life is, uh, is just a blessing. All right. Well, before we go one more time, give me the website and details for people to go find those tickets and just anywhere else where they can find more information about Chateau Maitre. Yeah, ChateauMaitre.com is our website address. And on there, you can find everything from where we ship wine to, to what events we have coming up. The summer concert series, while it's kind of our highlight of the year, it's not the only events. February the 16th, we're hosting our second Honky Tonk of the Year. Seats are very limited to that, to 70 seats. It's an indoor event, but everybody adorns their Western wear, throws the cowboy boots on and comes out for the evening and and kicks it up with Surrender Hill. And then on March 15th, uh, we just signed up with the Optimus Club a local organization here who does a tremendous amount of work for children in the county. This will be our seventh year doing a fundraiser with them to raise money for what we call PACSAC, which is basically it's it's feeding hungry children. And that'll be March the 15th. And we'll have live music here that evening with Surrender Hill and Friends. That's just two of the other events that we have on the short order. And then uh, we also have the LJ Songwriters Festival coming up that kicks off on May the 20th and runs through June 2nd, which we are an integral part of that with a numerous number of shows that are on the docket right now. Awesome. Thank you, Bobby McNeil, for being on with me today. It was great speaking with you. Hey, nice talking to you too. Have a great day, buddy. All right, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Pick LJ podcast. Remember, you'll hear this on Thursdays in the 5 o'clock news hour on WLJAFM 101.1, as well as WPGY 93.7 and 98.1 FM. Check us out online by going to our website, WLJARadio.com, clicking the podcast tab and finding the Pick LJ podcast. As well, check out some of your streaming services like Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and others. Join us next week. We're going to be speaking with Ray Green, owner of Ray Dog Productions. We're talking about the LJ Songwriters Festival. It will be here before you know it, and we're going to have some great guests on throughout the months leading up to it. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again next week. This has been Pick LJ Podcast. To find out more about everything Gilmer County, visit gilmerchamber.com or visit the Gilmer Chamber Welcome Centers at 696 First Avenue, East LJ, or 10 Broad Street in LJ.